Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello and welcome to Nine Bob Note. My name is Paul Isles Rush. And I'm Ken Moss. This is a brand new podcast, so whether it gets past one episode or not, we're not we're not <laughs> sure. We'll give it a go, though. We're going to be talking about something different every episode and tenuously linking it to the world <laughs> that we live in. So I am a gay, uh, and... fully signed up and uh, ready ready to go. And Ken? I am considerably less gay, but I'm on board with the cause. <laughs> I think we've described you as an honorary gay. An honorary gay, yes. Just to lend a bit of context, Paul and I have known each other 30 years. We have been mates all that time. Paul has decided that it'd be an interesting experiment to have a sort of life guide podcast. But we have lived a life and there is gin involved. So we're not setting out to offend anyone. We apologise in advance if we do. But if you're woke as folk... This might not be for you, but I do stress we're not setting out to offend. We're just going to tackle the burning issues of the day, which today we'll start with... Gay bars. I thought we would start with something hard-hitting and groundbreaking. This was mainly (laughs) fuelled by the, the situation that we find ourselves in where we've not been able to visit pubs or bars for many, many months. And in the vain hope that one day we'll go back, I thought, well, let's just talk about going to the pub. Talking about it is probably as close as we're getting for at least the next few weeks. Well, we're here in early March 2021. Everybody is climbing the walls for a (laughs) pint. Gay bars and me have got a a bit of a curious relationship going on, because... I seem to remember in the dim and distant past when you first came out to me, we were at a bar on Canal Street in Manchester. By that point, I did actually know that (laughs) Canal Street was (laughs) uh, gay central. But I seem to remember the very, very first time uh, I was out with a group of mates. We found ourselves wandering through the streets of Manchester. We ended up on Canal Street, not realising... Until we'd walked into a bar and it was full of people with... Leather pants. It was leather chaps and caps and moustaches and chains and everybody was dressed the same way. That was sort of my first experience of a gay bar. Simon Exton, a mutual friend of ours, he said that he did name what he thought it was. He said that's a bit full on for an entry level gay bar. Yes, yeah. The the good thing about Canal Street, definitely in the day, is that it had various levels. So you had, I think, the the very first one I went in was called Prague Five. It was on the corner of Canal Street and another one, and it wasn't really a fully gay bar. It just happened to be <laughs> in the gay village, so we invaded. So everyone felt a little bit safe because you could be seen going in there without people thinking you were gay. But yeah, I think the one you're talking about is the Rembrandt. That's <laughs> that is the one. Yes, yes, that's definitely not entry level. But you met a just before we started recording. You made an interesting point that is there any point to gay bars anymore? Yeah, because obviously things have moved on quite a bit since the since the nineties and well, since there was a need for gay bars. And they, they obviously were started you go going back to the Stonewall Inn in New York where people felt that they were safe and they could be gay without mm. uh, without any fear of being beaten up. But now I don't know. I'd like to think that maybe we're in a, a place where we don't necessarily need that. 
I would really, really like to agree with you. You see, you go to any of the big cities, and by that I mean, uh, let's, let's talk about the ones in England. <laughs> Nobody really cares. It's so metropolitan now. You can walk through the streets in pink lurex, and you'll be perfectly at home in London or Manchester. Nobody will bat an eyelid. <laughs> So going to a bar, if you're a gay couple or um, I've got to be careful with my words here, not a straight couple, a traditional straight couple. <laughs> God, the terminology. <laughs> eggshells. Egg yeah, we are on eggshells. Well, I am. <laughs> but in a city, it doesn't really matter if you're holding hands or if you share a kiss in a bar like that. And quite right, too. It's fantastic. But in vast parts of the country, that would earn you, even now, a few funny looks at best. And I think we're a long way before that goes, which is a bloody big shame, to be honest. Because I would really like to see more gay couples out holding hands and just doing all the things that straight couples have done without any sort of incident for years. Yeah, and that's what we've sort of campaigned for and stuff like that for for quite a while. I remember though one one time, and it must be probably about fifteen years ago, uh, and I was single and just moved back to Preston from Manchester, and went out with uh, with the usual the usual crowd on a Saturday. <laughs> and Pre- Preston had famously two gay pubs, or a gay pub, Oblivion, and a gay club, Blowing Wild. Mm, yes. <laughs> They weren't necessarily the kind of place where you'd ever want to go. <laughs> um, and so we were just out in a, a normal, what I guess you would describe as a straight pub. And we were dancing and being silly and messing around. And we got involved with a group of blokes. Mm. And, you know, everyone was dan- dancing together, having a laugh. And there was this one guy who I was dancing with, talking to him, chatting. We bought each other drinks and stuff and had a, had a great time. And he was, he was really nice. And then I was just like, hmm. Uh, so I asked him if he was gay and he said no. And he, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't mm, bothered about it. Wasn't, it. Yeah. He was just like, no, no. And I was like, oh, that's a shame kind of thing. But then a couple of his mates later on, he must have told them, came over and were really arsy with me about it, you know, because that's not the kind of thing that their mate should have to put up with. And I, you just think, oh, come on. <laughs> God, I'm looking at this through more tolerant eyes, I feel, sometimes. And it disappoints me that the world is not a better place yet, because it really should be. You've had enough time to get over this. It's never particularly bothered me. The nights that I used to spend with you in Manchester, I'd come up to see you, and we'd go out and meet your mates, and Diamond Lil was uh, (laughs) floating between the bars. Oh, he can't still be alive. But the universal constant where I'm concerned is if I go to a gay bar, I will get chatted up. It's inevitable within minutes. I've never quite worked out why. I wish that I had that same magnetism with the ladies. That would be, um, that would just be a, a power to behold. But no, there are much friendlier places on the whole. So I, until the world evolves, out of the primordial swamp that great chunks of England are still in, and indeed around the world, I still think there is a place for them, regrettably. That's a good point. Gay bars, in general, I mean, there are some horrendous, horrendous ones, and for various <laughs> reasons. But a lot of the time, if you go particularly to like the 
the traditional gay bars with a drag queen who insults you when you walk in and the <laughs> surly bar staff who who just grunts at you but they tend to be so much more fun they play good music mm. you know and there's there's good people there so maybe it's that we don't need gay bars because we need them for our safety but we we need them like we need irish pubs <laughs> just because sometimes you want to go for a pint of guinness Sometimes you want to go for a, a vodka and Red Bull and drink uh, dance to steps. <laughs> and wave your hands in the air like you just don't, don't care. care. <laughs> I once asked a friend of mine many, many years ago. In, again, this is in my young, naive days when I didn't really know anything. Uh, I asked him, how do you know in a gay pub or a gay bar when somebody fancies you? How can you tell? And he said, well, you know when you walk into a pub and all the men are horny... And all the women are just selecting which one they'll allow to even go over and talk to them. We'll take the women out of it. That's a gross generalization. (laughs) (laughs) But also very true. (laughs) Also, the whole time that we've been having this conversation in my head is, I want to take you to a gay bar, (laughs) which I'd never heard until I saw it played on the harpsichord in the Armstrong and Miller show. (laughs) But apparently this is a a major anthem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's come to the crunch time. It's time for Feather or Not. On a scale of one to five, how relevant is the need for gay bars to the wider world? Well, as I said, I think we're we're starting off on a a very serious subject. Very. Uh, And the score is probably going to be tempered by the fact that I would knock down the door of a pub, (laughs) gay or not, right now, (laughs) for for an alcoholic drink served by someone else. I am going to hit the ground running with a four feather bowers. I've got to say, that's the number I've got in my head too. It's not sort of Wolfenden report serious, (laughs) but like I said, until the world evolves a better attitude, I think there's still a place for them. Absolutely. The final segment is Screening Queens. Would you like to explain to the boys and girls what Screening Queens is? Yes, apart from a terrible play on words. (laughs) We thought we would do something where we recommend to each other something to watch, a TV or film or some some kind of media. But we thought that we would try uh, and make it a challenge that we would tie it into what we've been talking about in the episode. So what are you going to recommend for me? This is your topic. What are you going to recommend that I watch? That's a very interesting question, Ken, and I wish uh, I'd prepared an answer. <laughs> but actually, um, there, there was a film uh, which we've spoken about before, which I uh, watched quite recently on Netflix called Stage Mother. And this is about a lady, a, de- a Baptist minister from the Deep South uh, in America, who has disowned her son uh, a long time ago. And then she finds out that he's died. And it turns out that he was a drag queen and he owned this gay bar in uh, in San Francisco, which is obviously filled with drag queens and gays. <laughs> and he had a, a partner who obviously at, at the time wasn't allowed to be his husband. And so she is left this gay bar in his will. And yeah, and it's all about her sort of trying to adapt 
to life in San Francisco with the gays, and it's it's kind of, it's kind of sweet, very funny, and definitely worth a watch. I'd say a Sunday afternoon watch. Splendid. So on that note, thank you for listening to us, boys and girls. Hope that we've not upset anybody, but <laughs> if you're still interested, we'll be back next week with another edition of the Nine Bob Note. Goodbye now. Bye. <laughs> Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.